Although we'd like to believe that we have what it takes, sometimes we worry that we're going to be seen as arrogant, overconfident, or full of ourselves. And this alone can keep us from starting. So what's the difference between confidence and arrogance, and how can you build the former without seeming like the latter? That's this week on the Fuse Chamber Podcast. You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Greetings, guys. Thanks for joining once again, and welcome. And what's the difference between confidence and arrogance? First, let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win, and I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that forever change your life and career. Now, what I see too often in artists and entrepreneurs alike is the lack of confidence to go after the things that they really want. And I think when people want coaching from me, what they're really looking for is either surrogate confidence, so someone to help them feel the way they wish they could feel on their own, or they're looking for foolproof instructions that take all the fear out of reaching for their goals. And I think that's the same thing. The lack of confidence means that your fear of what might fail is greater than your belief in your ability to live through that failure. So yes, truly confident people appear fearless because that's exactly what they are. But fearlessness can be arrived at one of several ways. Either you inoculate yourself against the fear by doing repeatedly, or you simply dive in without regard for the consequences or a combination of the two. The first technique requires that you do things in a way that's similar to the real thing, but with an element of safety added. So if you feel less confident about performing or public speaking, you might try starting with it like a smaller crowd, or with a topic that you're 100% comfortable and sure with. So essentially, this technique controls and manages risk to limit the doses of fear that you have to overcome all at once, and then you progress and grow. The other technique is more like diving into the cold water head first and all at once. It's a defining moment. You're going to have to dig deep to find that small grain of courage and just go for it. And if you weren't born with the ability to summon that level of courage in those moments, you can really only get there once you've connected with your why, your purpose. Because when your purpose is stronger than your fear, it's easy to justify laying down all caution and sense of consequence. And the only reason we get away with this when we're kids, for example, is because we haven't yet learned all the life laws that limit and constrain what we should and shouldn't do. If we're really lucky and if we're really smart, 
we can carry that youthful sense of curiosity and adventure and freedom into our adult lives, but most of us don't do that. For most of us, the only way to reclaim that sense of freedom is by having a strong purpose. But more commonly, I find that this latter technique doesn't work as well. For most of us, we have to earn confidence by trying, failing, and improving in environments where risk is properly controlled. When we try to behave like a carefree kid, we're throwing the lever all the way over to the other side, I think. We're saying, sure, there's probably reason to be cautious, but I don't want to know about it. So we're essentially failing to consider the information that would normally help guide good decisions. What could the cost be? What's the potential downside or damage? And most of us have been trained at this point over a lifetime to make rational considerations and choices like these. And it feels good to throw them off every once in a while and just go for what we want. And that works great when it comes to riding a bike with no hands. But when it comes to your career, there's that, like a fine line between carefree and careless. There's a good reason why we lean so heavily on assessing risk. Because there's very real consequences to most of our actions. And failing to take the time to observe, analyze, and decide properly could put our finances or our reputations in danger. So it's wise practice to at least consider these, isn't it? And then decide whether or not you want to proceed in light of any potential dangers. And then the secret is not to get caught in this phase, though. What ends up happening to so many is they get caught in what we call analysis paralysis and never making the jump because we feel like we need to spend just a little more time studying just a little more time weighing the risks, but to move without due consideration, that's not confidence. This is overconfidence or the belief that you can succeed based on a really poor understanding of the pitfalls and probabilities. So that's the tricky part. It's to know the difference and when it's okay to leap and when it's best to hang back. And again, only experience will teach you when to do which to develop that intuition about a good idea versus a bad idea. And only experience will allow you to tweak the mix so that you're not living a reserved life or an overly reckless one, but an exhilarating one with no regrets in either the safety or the adventure column. Arrogance is a little different. See, arrogance is knowing the risks and pitfalls and deciding that those rules just don't apply to you. It's not ignoring the odds, but thinking that you can beat them. On a good day, arrogance is compelling and exhilarating to witness, both to the wearer and to the observer, but it's generally true that nobody wants the label arrogant applied to them. Arrogance is another kind of overconfidence, but it lacks the innocence of simply having overlooked or underanalyzed the information. Arrogance isn't about acting before all the information has been given due consideration, Arrogance is about acting as though the information didn't exist. Now, arrogance can be an extremely powerful technique for building confidence and succeeding rapidly, but it has a massive downside. Nobody likes arrogant people. Arrogance seems to demonstrate a lack of respect or deference, especially to people who are genuinely experienced out there or talented or hardworking or all three. Arrogant people tend to end up being isolated, if not ostracized. 
and everyone around them takes a perverse pride in seeing them fail. So much of what we do as leaders, as artists, as entrepreneurs, tends to rely on solid community, people helping and supporting each other. So any attitude that pushes you away from that community is not going to help you when times get tough. So is arrogance off the table? Well, no, it has a plus side. The characteristic you want to take away from arrogance is the ability to be unaffected by the opinions of others. Because remember that for the most part, when people have criticisms for you or cautions for you, it's usually because secretly they don't want you to succeed. Now back me up. Do you ever do that? Have you ever been really kind of harsh or bitter or judgy with somebody? When you hear that they've got this great plan to succeed, and somewhere in your little monkey brain, you can hear yourself say, that should be me. And if it's not you, if they do succeed, they'll eclipse your peak level of achievement. And that's hard to handle. It's hard to swallow. So rather than up your game to stay competitive, we prefer to discourage others and even take an active hand in their failure, even though we do this often unconsciously. Well, these kinds of people are poisonous. And if they don't have your best interests at heart, and careful because they're always going to say that they do, they might well see you as arrogant, and you'll have to be okay with that. Then there'd be people who are specifically bitter if you succeed by breaking the rules. Again, these people will dismiss you as arrogant when really they need to get a grip on the fact that they weren't as courageous or as truthful, honest about their truth, about who they are, as you. And this too is anyone's problem but yours. So now enter true confidence. Because the opposite of overconfidence or arrogance is timidity and risk aversion, and these are equally no good. Healthy confidence is what's required in order to truly compete with your peers. Healthy confidence is required in order to lead and inspire others. So effective confidence allows you to properly but quickly examine and assess risk and take balanced action that invites controlled failure, or better yet, big payoffs in terms of development or progress towards your goals. Here's how true confidence is different than arrogance. Number one, you're not going to study risk or overthink things, but you will methodically consider risk. The best way to do this and not get stuck in analysis paralysis is ask the following question. What are some likely negative outcomes? Think of one to three. And how will I handle them? So this is different than ignoring good sense, and it's very different from backing away from failure by overstudying. This is about planning to fail, which is the only effective method of minimizing the downside. If you want to totally avoid risk and failure, you simply never act. But that's not an option for you. Instead, plan to fail and plan to handle that failure. Number two, you got to recognize you are never perfect. You got to be humble. There's no such thing as better than anybody else. Focus on being better than you were yesterday. That's it. Learn from your failures. Constantly examine your gaps and fix them. A great question to ask here is what did I learn today? Because it focuses on the new information that's been handed to you by your trusted advisors, by your enemies and competition, and by your own successes and failures. Number three, you're going to reconnect with your why. It's like I say at the beginning of every episode, let's remember why we're here. 
when experience hasn't happened yet and courage fails you, the only hope you've got is a good, compelling reason for taking difficult action. It's really hard to appear arrogant, by the way, when your reason is good and your reason is service-oriented and your actions are always consistent with that reason. Go back to some earlier episodes and re-listen and learn about what I have to say about vision, purpose, and service. Number four, you let go of your need to please everyone and to be right all the time. Now, this is different than ignoring the wisdom and the words of people around you. Letting go of your need to please everyone means you recognize that you're never, no matter what you do, going to please 100% of the people you encounter, not even close. Lack of confidence so often comes from that fear of being alone, of being rejected. Learn to gracefully accept that there are some people that just won't be your fans or your customers and handle that gracefully. Ask this question when you're dealing with a hater. What could I say right now that sends this person on their way with genuine respect and well wishes? The answer, the confident answer, is usually something like, Hey man, I appreciate you taking the time to care enough to explain your thoughts and feelings, but that's why it's so important that I work with people that believe in me. And even though you might not agree with me right now, this is the path that I'm going down. I just have to. I would love to have your support. See, that statement basically says, I'd love to have you as a fan, but not at any cost. I'm on a mission and nobody's going to stop me. I'm looking to surround myself with the right band of brothers. And that might be you and that might not be you. But the minute you respond with like trying to one-up somebody or send them a zinger or sting them back, I, you know, I think that just shows weakness. Try to send them on their way with respect and love. It works way better and it shows courage and confidence. Finally, number five, you're not fearless because you're reckless. You're fearless because you've learned to control the scripts you run and the emotional responses that they create in your mind and body. This level of mental and emotional control has to be learned, though. And one of the things I'm here to help you with is how to learn and practice that specific skill. So the best way forward, if you're starting from zero, why not borrow a little bit from arrogance? Immediately adopt a mindset of not caring what others think and acting in the face of fear, but do so with true humility and to service intention. Prepare for the impact of failure and act early and often despite your fears until your experience teaches you that you actually have very little to fear, that you're limitless, and you have everything it takes to survive any outcome. Folks, thank you for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come in for some more insight and coaching next week. <music>